You are now listening to Out of the Blank. Welcome back to another episode. It's been, when's the last time you were on? Like 300 or something? It was like not the past February, but the one before. So way before we even knew there was a pandemic going on. I was episode 300 something. That's what I know is 300, 374 or 364. It's something with an ending in a four in it, but I can't, I do too many episodes. Um, you do a lot of episodes. I'm maybe. very, very like shocked at like how you are you doing one a day one a day yeah that's amazing we're almost at a thousand i can't wait to hit the thousand mark i, I know a... i was gonna say you're damn near a thousand now what should i do for the a thousand episode should it just be me just talking to myself it should be like a party <laughs> just have a, a live chat yeah like how tv shows do the hundredth episode you know well, okay. If you were given the opportunity to be like a Joe Rogan style podcaster, or were you given the opportunity to be like a Jimmy Fallon, which one would you take to own your own like Conan show? Oh, Joe, bro, all day. Is that Man. just because you can work on your own hours instead of going? I don't like the live shit. The live stuff gets me. I've done so. We do, yeah, we do what you we do like live to tape. We haven't done live, live. Live Live is like, I've done that in college. I went to school for television and video. And so we did live TV. So I know what it's like to do that, like airing it live. But Well, have you ever seen like the old Whose Line Is It Anyway? Like video clips and that stuff's like, I get it because like there's a lot of stuff like blooper wise. They don't show you like outtakes because they can't say certain things. You really look at the transition of comedy from what it is now to what it was back in the day. They were saying a lot of stuff where it was like, whoa, that would get you in some trouble today. I know. And that's why, who was I? T I don't know who one of my friends and I were talking about how much comedy comics, how hard it is to be a comic. And in general, how, you know, what, just like given today's culture and everything, people, you know, want to get mad at them over these things. But at the end of the day, they're trying to make people laugh. Like, and, you know, there's a fine line. And, and it's just funny because, you know, Whose line it is it anyway? 15 years ago or 20 years ago, what cast on mainstream TV was not what will be today. So. Well, like I, I've been trying to, especially like you being a business owner as well, too, you could probably relate to this a little bit, but like the, the evolutionary chain of the industries that we all kind of focused on, like back in the day, radio used to mean something. Radio yeah. used to be like this thing that was like an open platform to have fun, do these crazy types of things, but also be like a personality in a way. But now it's so structured where you can't even really be a personality. It's more about ad times. Like my parents are on radio. So I went to a radio station recently to think, hey, might as well try and go back to what the offer was originally where I could have done radio instead of a podcast. And I was like, let me see what it is. It just, it felt like, like when you go to a memorial or something where, you know, you're supposed to be serious because it was a tragic event and is remembering all the people that have, are gone. It's like, that's what it felt like walking through the halls. I'm like, what happened when I was a kid? I remember playing mortal Kombat, like watching the movie and just playing around in the meeting room. He goes, yeah, man. He goes, it's really just like the, 
essence of it is taken out. I've just been in it for 30. It's my dad. He's like, I've been in it for 30 something years, actually, no, 40 something years now. So there's not even, there's no point in getting, I wouldn't get into it if I was just going to start off. The best thing you do is build your own brand up and see where that takes you. I'm like, man, but for anybody that's starting an entrepreneurial task, I, I looked at the, um, so recently I checked my, uh, like there's a, a distribution site called listen notes. Um, I don't know if you know what that is. If you ended up getting your podcast on it at all. Notes. No, I got on a bunch of those types of things. I don't, I might've missed that one. You're on anchor, which uploads yeah. to Spotify and stuff like that. Well, I always just upload to anchor and then do that. Well, I guess about probably around episode 400 or so, I decided to go off to another branding platform. I think this was around the time prime video became like pretty big and it was listen notes. And apparently I put my distribution and my RSS feed in there. So it was automatically going to update my episodes. So I've been basing my analytics off of anchor and YouTube. YouTube's coming up to like the 30,000 play mark. And then when it comes to anchor is at like the 60,000 play mark. So I was like, Oh my God, I'm so close to a hundred thousand plays. Listen notes tells me, no, you have 70,000 plays on listen notes. I'm like, oh. so am I, I passed the hundred thousand mark. I didn't even fucking know. And they're like, Oh no, you're, you're a top. Did you see the picture I put up? It says you're yeah. a top 1.5% out of almost 3 yeah. million. Pot. So I'm not interested in that. What I'm interested in is I was looking at how many people started a podcast at the start of the pandemic? There was over almost a million podcasts started in January of 2020. Wow. And then everything now, since we've opened back up, has just died down. So it was like, what? 21. I think we started, I only got, we're, we're on a high, uh, in between the seasons or whatever. We're not like on the schedule like you. Um, but yeah, we did 25 episodes or 24 episodes. And I think we started in November of 2020 and it went for like six months or four months, five months before I had to move. So we had to, we lost our studio. <laughs> I think it was easier to do a podcast when you were sitting at home. It just like kind of more it was viable. So much better. Yeah. We tried doing it at the office. There are places we can rent space here that have professional studios in Detroit. Um, but having it in your home where you can just kind of start your day and get that, knock that off the list in the beginning, or Jordan and I would come straight from work and just be real psyched and just do it right there in the evening and spend the evening just doing it. And the pod, I was really got a lot of great response. You no, know, our downloads were really good for a beginner. I think I don't know. we got a lot of good feedback. Though. Well, like you, like you, for instance, for being an entrepreneur, doing the coffee business and stuff of that. Right now, like you were telling me off air that you're like, everything's going good. Everything's, you know, you're able to do a lot more things, especially like skateboarding and getting back into more activities oh, yeah. and stuff. But you don't really remember that grind of trying to get to that spot. Like right now it's easier. you got it more effective. You're getting a little bit more accomplished out of it. I'm like, how many people, when they're pitched the idea of being an entrepreneur, it sounds fun, but then give up in the first year or two because they're not seeing this whole entire, what we in picture in every entrepreneurial magazine, which is like sitting on top of a mountain or taking flying jets and drinking chai tea. It really sucks. But then once you kind of stick it out, you don't, you get to the good, the nice, sweet spot, the comfort zone, and you get to this amazing place where you don't have to worry about a lot. But then it's like, I don't, you don't remember the pain of trying to all those minutes, like, oh my God, living paycheck to paycheck, just hoping to God that your dream is going to pay off and you're never going to have to struggle. It's like, no it, paycheck. yeah, <laughs> I, but I live no paycheck. how do you know that that payoff is going to come? That's the scariest fucking thing. 
you know, that's actually, you're just going to, let's cut right to it. You don't know. I invested my entire life savings time and time again, depleted my 401k and borrowed money from everyone I could just because I believed in myself with no guarantee it would work. You've got to be a risk taker. You know, what you're doing, you're a risk taker. You're putting yourself out there every day, making episodes, you know, believing in yourself, making merch with your face on it. You know, that's, Mm. that's what I'm doing. It's the same thing. It's, it's, it's it's such, it's such a gamble though. And it, it makes, it makes me, and I guess I get it because the system that's set up is like, why would you want to make it so easy to be successful? Because then everyone would be successful, but then there's gotta be a way where it's gotta be like, how many people spend so much money into something and then not knowing that right on the cusp of greatness, they give up. That's the biggest thing is knowing like, should I back out? Yeah, no. And that's the hardest, you know, like, uh, just a life is a bunch of, you know, well and poorly timed events. If you really break it down, you know, things are happening all the time, but when they line up, that's when the magic happens. That's when things happen. That's when businesses are created or when they grow and thrive. Um, relationships work like that with people, um, in business relationships as well as personal. So, um, I think that I just, you gotta, gotta like trudge through the darkness and the trenches and fail quite a bit before you get the success because then you'll know what to do with hurt then you don't then when you get that traction and you get some money in your pocket you know and you have this idea and you want to grow this idea or create a brand or for whatever reason whether it's to for me part of it's you know i have children and i want to you know create something to leave them or send them to college you know something simple like that you get a goal you stick to it but once you get the momentum, it's now, okay, what do I do with that momentum now? Because I've been an entrepreneur and being in sales and marketing and, and being vice president of a big corporate company at one point to being a CEO and a solo entrepreneur and having no paycheck to, you know, being from unemployment, living on unemployment, having a paycheck to being on unemployment to having no paycheck and putting my whole life savings into this business just to finally get some traction in the last year and a half. During a pandemic, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I, and I, I just I, am counting the blood. I'm about to say, I just want to see the captured moment of like, how many times has someone been sitting in their car in a McDonald's parking lot, eating like a double cheeseburger, biting into it and just crying out their window because they don't have, they don't know where, what life's going to hold for them. They're really in yeah. a tough spot and they need help right now. But then when you get the success, you get the chasing down moment, you just go back to eating a double cheeseburger in the parking lot and in a different standpoint, in a different view, your perspective is completely changed because you're like, holy shit, a year ago, I was sitting in this exact same spot doing the exact same thing I'm doing, but I wasn't where I'm at right now. I wasn't, I was, I was living out of my car. Now I'm living in a apartment and I have a Kate Upton supermodel for a wife. (laughs) Boom levels. There's levels to this. Um, and that's what I mean. Like, just to be quite frank, everyone listening, go back and listen to my last episode because my life, I was literally, I'm pretty sure I was uh, that winter. I was broke as hell up in my nice condo, but I don't have that condo anymore, but I'm six, I'm more successful than I was when we recorded that. So here I am again, just like your analogy here. I am again, talking to you on your show, doing the same thing I was doing then. But a lot's changed and it's like the cheeseburger, you know, out of the blank is like my cheeseburger. (laughs) I look at it like, man, 
I guess life is, I think life's ironic. If you're going to be an artist, you end up developing probably some type of like arthritis where you can't draw anymore because they want you to use as much as, as you can of that ability for the time that you have it and truly appreciate it because it's not going to last. Life is kind of like that. Are you willing to go through the muck in such a way that it's going to be the most painful thing you've ever experienced where you're going to want to take the easy way out? But are you willing to stick it in and hope to God or hope to something that you get what you what you're putting in for? I believe like life yeah. is it's it's just crazy because you look at all these entrepreneurial types, these oh. Bezoses and these people that we consider famous or we consider rich. Now they Bezos has a lot of money, a hundred percent. But what about the royal fucking family? The family out in like Dubai that have billions of dollars and those people are just born into wealth. You don't have that roll of the dice. What you have is a brain and your smarts. There are sometimes I'm creating like merch or something and I'm like, fuck, I'd rather turn this into a clothing brand because the ideas I'm getting for it are just out of nowhere where people are like, how did you come up with that? I'm like, it's not as easy for you. Bo Burnham, for instance, his new special inside yeah. is now nominated for an Emmy. Like what the, like you see, like some people have that ability to do the videography, the music, everything. And it just comes to them naturally find what you're naturally gifted in and expand upon it, go through yep. the hard times to get there. But if you're good with marketing, then do something with marketing, market a product, market a sale, market someone else's stuff. Find the right people um, that believe in you too, is a key. Um, I, I, you need to believe in yourself, but one man or woman or whatever one human being isn't enough sometimes to pull off the whole show you know and having the right key people in place to help you reach your you know the end goal or vision or whatever you're working on you know merch line you know rain barrel or coffee brand for my instance um or in both our cases you know we enjoy obviously you enjoy creating things right you're creating a show you're creating an experience you're creating a listening experience for your listeners and viewers now because we have video yeah but yeah like to see I our think glorious faces glorious video of my old 2011 macbook air hopefully it doesn't <laughs> there are sometimes i just like when i'm turning on my computer i'm like is this going to be the day where i have to take a trip to walmart to buy another one because i don't know what day it's going i put um a while ago i think way before we talked i had spilled coffee all over my computer and it got inside where the hard drive was and killed it oh, no. So I had to go to a store and get it. Uh, they're like, do you want a new hard drive? Which is going to be like a hundred something bucks. I'm like a hundred fucking dollars for a hard drive. He's like, yeah, well, you're in a pickle. I got to kind of, I got you by the balls on this one. I'm like, I'm like, how much is a used one? He's like 30 something dollars. I'm like, put the used one in there. Sometimes it clicks on and sometimes it doesn't where I'm oh, like, Jesus. when's the day? When's the day? Hopefully you got that backed up. I got um, a big terabyte of a memory source for podcasts and stuff. Cause I do so many. Yeah, so if you go down, you're not so down. No, technology is a bitch. I've been trying to get away from it sometimes. Uh, I did go to the Upper Peninsula in Michigan, took my daughter up there and did some crazy camping with no cell service out there. Just So as things have gotten crazier business-wise in the city here in Detroit, um, in my life, I've, what I'm doing in my free time too is to like reconnect. You know, you got to stay in touch with who you are. You know, don't don't lose sight of who you are, no matter how success, much success or how much traction or how tough your, your, your schedule is, how many days a week you need to. You got to find time to do what you love to do. Um, but, yeah, you know, you're working out, right? I've 
I've been working out. Yeah. Not three hours on an elliptical, maybe 10 minutes. <laughs> um, I think it's important, like when we talk about, especially from the business standpoint, but when you mentioned like staying off social media, I've been doing that a lot more, but it just sucks because the way of being successful in a lot of ways is also getting a presence. And by getting a presence, that's through the grasp of social media. Like if you don't have someone that's assigned to do that shit for you, then people just forget. Like, I mean, Rick Moranis was huge back in the day. Then all we heard of him recently was when he got punched in the face a couple of years ago. And then yeah. now he's just, he's never on social media. He doesn't have any platforms to same thing with like um Quentin Tarantino, all these other places, they don't have platforms to be able to reach them. Didn't Rick Moranis like intentionally like leave Hollywood and then raise a family or like adopt some, he married a woman and adopted her kids or something like he did something really nice. Probably like, that's his that's his background <laughs> is being nice as shit. You know, like, he like was like, no, Hollywood and stardom's not for me. I'm gonna go be a simple man and raise this family. I don't even think they were like his kids or something. Like he was like above and beyond. I forgot what you call that. But like like being a surrogate father. Yeah. Maybe. Okay. But anyway, he is you know, so yeah, maybe then he got punched in the face and all of a sudden they're like, oh my god, what brain stuff well, but every, like, everybody was like, why Rick Moranis? That's like the most like calm, pacifistic guy you could ever punch. And he didn't oh. hit him like in the face straight up. He came from like the side and just fucking cold clocked him. Oh my God, poor Ricky. I mean, we I grew up watching Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Uh, That's why he got punched in the face because he shrunk the damn kids. Damn. Well, that was, what about the sequel, Honey, I Shrunk the Parents? Okay. Did you ever see that one? You got to stop <laughs> shrinking people at that point. Jesus. <laughs> Yeah, what's that, honey? I shrunk the dog. I just remember uh fucking him from Ghostbusters, and I'm like, I see that's what I what sucks about the world is, and I kind of think Jamie Kennedy said it best. You know Jamie Kennedy? Yeah. Well, a a lot of people don't really know who he is because he's just been out of the spotlight for a little while, and he recently started doing his podcast, which is like new for 2021. He started like a couple episodes, but he's like he was off of it for like two years, and it's like he's like. The way he says it is, if you're not making a movie at 8 a.m. and then doing a, a stand-up show at 10, and then if you're not doing a, a late-night show at, like, 1, and you're not doing all these different filmings and tapings for all these different things every hour of the day, and you miss one hour, you're just out of the fucking limelight. And he goes, yeah, it's very, very hard to make content so much that you can stay in the eyes of the public because they'll move on to the next thing i mean attention spans nowadays is like they need to constantly like um what's his name fuck we talked about comedy in the beginning shane mcgillis i had no idea who this fucking guy was but he was trending on twitter then recently on joe rogan he was canceled off snl as soon as he got the job because they looked back through his thing and they found a racist thing in one of his videos which was in a joking way but the way that it was read and it was printed out in text form jokes don't translate to text form fucking jimmy kimmel did blackface and he apologized for that which <laughs> Wait, what that's really fucking weird is when he apologized <laughs> for something like 10 years later i'm like what the fuck is that um i know i'm like dude this being a comedian is tough like when he did that joke the producers were like fine but no there's no there's no reason excuse for that really <laughs> like, well snl asked shane if he could i think was um put out a statement and what they did was they gave him nbc gave him a statement to say so it said something like, um, excuse me, I burped. Uh, it said something like, uh, it's 
something in, 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 inexcusable or something like that. And he goes, if I say I'm inexcusable now over that, everything, every joke, everything I say is going to be inexcusable. It's kind of like Louie. He came back and people were, I'm not even a fan of Louie, but when he came back, people couldn't handle him. He's a piece of shit. Everything he says, joking about kids and shootings and all this stuff. He was saying that way before it fucking happened. So even before his whole scandal thing, now people look at him and they go, look, he's a piece of shit. It's like, no, he's always cracked jokes about that. It's nothing new. It's not like he's trying to piss people off, but people don't want to get past that. It's either attacking someone or loving somebody. And right now, what everybody's loving is fucking YouTubers and Minecraft people that are playing games. Yeah. I'm oh, like, oh, yeah, my 11 year old daughter. I know all about it. Freaking, I got, I'm, I'm on the YouTube with the kids. Make, you know, they're. Roblox, Minecraft, uh, Among Us, freaking, I played them all. Does that get like scary as a parent though? Like wondering what the kids' generation of being able to connect is going to be? Like way back so in the day, it's, it no just seemed... it's no different than MySpace. I never had MySpace. Everything is MySpace. Facebook is MySpace. I never Twitter had MySpace. Is MySpace. I never oh, had it. I, I, my friend, who was it? I mean, this there's a meme going around right now. Okay, and the meme is like some Gen Zer asking for auto loading music on Twitter profiles. So when you pull up your Twitter, yeah. it plays music. That's MySpace. I, they all they're all the same shit. I don't know MySpace what it, had a, when you pulled up your MySpace. It was a page, and in the corner there was like your playlist and like auto loaded music, and then you did a little HTML. This is why all the millennials know how to code. Is that we had to copy and paste HTML to make our MySpace look cool. Well, everybody's copying each other. Like Facebook was like the big revolutionary thing when it came out. And then there was Instagram and then it went to Snapchat. And then now Instagram did stories. So it copied Snapchat and Snapchat said, fuck it. Like Facebook used to be the place I used to find out when people's birthdays were. And if somebody died, then Snapchat's like, fuck it. We got a picture of the dude dying right before he died. Like that moment. Also, a great stock to hop on. I made a lot of money buying and selling Snapchat stock during the pandemic. You got to teach me how to do fucking stocks. That's what we need to do. And yeah. It's Invest actually, in the saltine business. It's a great, yeah, no, uh, but, you know, it's kind of fun. Anyone, you know, if you have a little bit of savings or you want to create some savings, it's a good way, um, you know, you got your risky ones and your, you got your easy ones, you know, you got your sure things like, you know, like gold is like always going to be slow and steady if you invest in gold. But you know, you got the tech and the crypto now. And like, I'm just learning that. I'm like, oh, I don't really know much about that. But I did make some money last year for the first time doing my stocks. And I reinvested it all in my business this winter when I was slower and our sales were slower. And I am now doing very well. And I'm glad that I had that stock market ability to like kind of put some money in and pull it out and then reinvest in my business. And I never really thought I'd be saying this because I always thought the day trading dudes and stuff were just jokes. But now that I have it all right here on my phone, don't use Robinhood. I use uh, SoFi. I recommend SoFi, online bank and trading. But don't you get scared, though? Like, I think it was um, uh, Wells Fargo. They ended up, like, dropping a lot of their business with um, personal financing. So then a lot of people lost a lot of money that was personally invested into, like, a personal account. I kind of look at it all like the casino and any money I put in, I have to be willing to lose. Yeah. But how much are you willing to lose? Some people aren't willing to lose $5, even though they have 50 grand. That's the thing. Relative to like, you know, I, you know, listen to some, you know, I don't mind a calculated risk, you know, 
I thrive off them. I probably would be rather bored in this life if I didn't have, if I didn't take enough risks. Um, just, you know, I like to drive fast, you know, little things like that, you know. Go skydiving. That's not a big risk. I kind of want it. There's a place out here, that, uh, Jackson, I think, that, or Dexter, they, pull, they go up and they do it. So it's my birthday in a couple of do days. But I don't, don't, <laughs> I don't, don't think do any it. of my friends want to do that. <laughs> Dude, there's way too many accidents. If you ask one of those skydiving places how many accidents they had, they'll tell you. They're like, yeah, I've had 10. It's like, how long have you been open? Three years? Jesus Christ, that's a lot. Okay. There was a you one. Know, there was that one. Skydiving than bungee jumping, I think, though. Well, there, there was that one dude that bought um, his dad owned a skydiving business for like 15 years. And then at the 15th year mark, he was retiring and he was giving the business to his son. His son ran it for two weeks, took a couple up, and the dude jumped out without a parachute. He's, oh, my. He was trying to kill himself. So the dude fucking took him up and didn't look at him like hey man are you okay and the guy's staring out the window like he's about to do something horrible dude jumps off and ends up the whole business after 15 years his son runs it for two weeks and runs it right into the ground yeah you gotta have a mental health check for these people there should be mental health checks for a lot of shit we don't have oh my goodness i can't believe that yeah no i would uh you know what they got the, the the guy and he's strapped to you and you jump out the plane so my biggest fear with the idea of skydiving was like what if i freeze up or what if i black out and i forget to pull the cord well they'll do it for you if you have someone i know with you. But think about the guys who are like in the army doing it because actually one of my grandfathers um in vietnam he was a he worked in the paratroopers and i don't know at the, i think he jumped out of a few planes or he at least practiced to do it i don't know if he actually did it in combat but yeah, like jumping out of a plane by yourself, just you got to pull your own shoe. Like, I think the biggest fear for the like, because most of the time, unless you're paying to get like someone to jump with you, usually you do it by yourself, especially if you have a little like if, if you've been before. But when you have someone on your back, they're mostly worried about you throwing up because there's a lot of videos of like they're behind you hooked to you and you're throwing up and it's hitting them in the face. They're like, oh, fuck. Like, and you're pissing yourself because you're so scared. Oh, what if someone shit themselves right there? <laughs> it's happened before. You can watch videos on YouTube about it. I will be after this. Believe that. Because that's why I'm enjoying life right now. Um, a lot. I'm enjoying it. You know, I love summer. Like I said, it's my, you know, my Leo. It's Leo season. Shout out to all the other Leos out there. We're <laughs> annoying as hell. I know. But... Um. <laughs> The horoscope shit uh, gets I me. love the summer. I don't know. You caught me at a really good time. I think the first time we chatted, it was the middle of the winter. My least favorite time. But yeah, I. No, this is the third time I've been on because I was on, and then we did a little like addition to that episode. That's what I was thinking. You sent me coffee, so I was wondering if we. If, yeah, because I still have the bag right over here. Hold on. You still haven't drank it. <laughs> I don't have a fucking grinder to grind up beans. I've just been chewing on them. Oh, that, that's I just, cool. I just, have... I just place it by my most important uh, micro well, or podcast. A lot of coffee, I remember. Yeah, I don't. I'll I get you. I haven't stopped. Yeah, I'll get you a grinder. Um, but yeah, we're gonna be doing free ground coffee now because of that. A lot of people are like, "Oh, I love, I want to try your coffee," but I always, you know, I don't have a coffee grinder. Um, and I'm like, "Oh shit." I bought a big bag of like Starbucks from like Marshall's 
like a giant bag. And I was like, $9. And I couldn't feel it because the wrapper was so thick. So I was like, this is a, this is a good price for coffee. It's like 800 cups. I got it and I went to go put it in my coffee filter. Fucking it was beans. I was like, oh. But yeah, there's two types of coffee grinders for everybody out there. There's your regular one, which you just press the thing and it just looks whirly. That thing sucks because it's inconsistent. But a burr grinder has like a dial and you can like have like a coarse one for like French press or a finer one for espresso or medium for a pour over. So you got to get you a burr grinder and you can kind of do anything. That's like the game changer in coffee, I think, is uh, getting a good grinder. What I'm looking for is I want to eventually have enough money to get a small little place out in the woods and have like a nice little like small clear like like a cabin but like on the water a bit but i want to plant some like coffee trees yeah i'm gonna have a bunch of them in my, so i can walk out in my backyard grab like You're a piece or something to to coffee. closer to the equator do that i think it won't grow in most places there's like a belt like in the center of the earth and the coffee certain amount of, yeah you told me about it. we okay. have i say we talked about it yeah but like yeah i went i don't know I talked, so one of our uh, podcast episodes is with a coffee farmer, Jose, from, fuck, I can't remember where. San Fernando, coffee growers? Yes. He's been on, he, he was just on recently. Yeah, he did it. He was great. Um, yeah, he was, he's been on my talk. show twice. We roasted his beans. He sent us some green beans. Uh, they're called greens when they're raw. And we roasted his, his coffee, and it's amazing. What the fuck are we talking about here? I introduced you to him. Yeah, that's why I brought it up. I was like, you, yeah, so he came on our show. You got me all like fucked up. I'm like, is this a coincidence? Is the world smaller (laughs) than I thought? And I was like, hang on a second. No, you gave me the lead and I reached out to him and then he wanted to get on our show and he did. And it's a really great episode. It was actually a video episode for us too. It was the first time we tried to use Zoom and it worked out. You know, it was a little rough on the editing for me on the first go, but um. I'm getting the hang of this too. So I'm going to be buying a new laptop. So expect our second season to be way better. (laughs) I think like the beginning, you started off like doing like a nice studio and everything too, which is, it's cool. It looks good, but is it really like, there's a lot of videos I watch where like they have a really nice studio and it's appealing to watch the video, but I'm like, their content is shit. Like their conversations just go on. Like, where's the, there's no jokes. Like a lot of it's hard because when you're watching a podcast, people expect like a quick 10 minute clip or something or 10 minute video of it getting interesting. I'm like, no, when you set up a podcast and you know, it's an hour and a half long, you got to sit down and expect like, there's going to be some moments where it's going to build up to some comedy or it's going to be more serious thinking. Yeah. So we would do 30 minutes to an hour, 20 minutes to an hour. And like create, I did it based on my live television experience. I'm like, we have like segments. And then we transition in and out and we write the script right before together. So, and it's a duo show. So we have each other to piggyback off. And I'm like, you take the lead here. You take the lead here. You take the lead, you know? And so we were constantly throwing the show back and forth. Like one of us researches this topic. One of us researches this topic. Sometimes we're having a conversation. Sometimes we're doing an interview. Um, And we really like the guests to take the lead on the interviews. Um, Sometimes we let them like hang out when we like, oh, we take the show back. And then, like, let them hang out and they're still listening. And sometimes they'll, like, still chime in a little. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, so, like, we're experimenting, I think, with it. Um, because I traditionally did television, um, not radio. And I just, I really like broadcasting. I always wanted to do that. And then I ended up being an entrepreneur. You know, we talked about that. 
And uh, it's nice to have some creative outlet um, where I get to do something like that. And uh, yeah, no, I, I think it's podcasts are the shit because you can do it however you want. It's like there are certain trend true things, but like, like you said earlier, like which type do you want to be like? And it's like you're your own type, you know, like, you know, you're one of my favorite podcasts on my Spotify playlist. It's, you know, you out of the blank and uh, you know, out of the blank. Joe and uh, Stiff Socks. Have you, you know, Trevor Wallace? And uh, I know who Trevor Wallace is. Yeah. He has another guy, Michael Wallstein, his co host on their show. Hilarious guy, too. I just think for some younger, I think they're like 27, you know, mid 20s. You know, it's hard to do comedy these days. And those guys, they're doing, they're doing a good job. Um, well, it's either you go and you do the whole PC thing and you do whatever you got to do. Like, I think comedy can punch up. I think comedy can punch down. I give you more respect if you punch it upwards because it's a harder to attack a lot of the upper stuff. But it's also funny shit also when you punch down. People that say that that's not a thing, then you haven't heard any good comedy jokes that punch down because there's plenty of them out there. Fucking Dave Chappelle does it. Every single comedian does it. Um, Tim Dillon is probably one of my favorite podcasts to listen to is because oh. he's just ranting by himself and he takes it like his mother is schizophrenic. So he like copies a lot of that schizophrenic shit talking about like, oh, uh, Biden is a reptile and he'll just start going off on these things. And it's just like, you know, he's joking, but there's some people like he's saying horrible things. He got kicked out of a um, Airbnb because they tried to like get him to pay for stuff that was already broken in the place. They tried to play him, and Airbnb he was, yeah. So he like called him out on his podcast and just shit yeah. on him for like an hour and a half. And it's entertaining shit, but it's so hard to do a podcast by yourself. Like to be able to, yeah, it's different. It's it's rare because you, some people need like I like to have another person to talk to but there are plenty of times i could just start ranting and going off on my own but it's just not as fun and appealing to me i like getting information yep. and me just talking to myself is not getting me any new information i do little like um igtvs where i'm by myself and it's just me and you know the gorilla pod with the camera and i'm making coffee and talking to people and i'll do like live streams and like so i can do the the solo show i'm the, like oh jordan wouldn't do that like my my business partner jordan he would not he doesn't do like blogging, you know, like I'm the blogger or the solo content creator, but we co-host the show. And you're right, because I always wondered how you do it. You know, you can you can run a show, but you also always are interviewing. You're just I think you're a very talented conversationalist, uh, linguist and interviewer. And I took an interviewing class in college. I got to like interview a Vietnam vet for the Smithsonian database. <laughs> Shit was cool, you know, learning the techniques of like how, you know, shit, Barbara Walters interview, you know, like they're interviewing is an art. It's just uh, so hard because when you open up that door for interviews, I, what I've noticed is that you like I do conversation. I like that a lot better than just sitting there asking questions. If it leads to a question, sure. But when it like so many people, when I'm reaching out, it always ends up being like, well, what is the interview going to be like? I'm like, well, it's conversation. I don't want you going in thinking I have a list of questions because then it's like the only person I think should get an interview is Mariah Carey. Like, yeah. Oh, Mariah. Yeah. That's a lot of questions. Yes. Sure. I have so fucking many. But at the same time, it's like, it's very, very hard. You'll start to find out even if you can't think of questions to ask, people are more than happy to talk about themselves and it opens up more information. You just got to pick the parts that they do. But I like the talking format of it. I yeah. think it brings a sense of like, you have to come on the show knowing that it's 
it's just having fun. It's not going to be this thing of like trying to make you say some outrageous shit. That's going to, and like everything nowadays, you'll hear it. Some people will say something and they'll be like, Oh, I don't want that in there because it's going to make me look, I'm like, did, did you mean it that way? No, but someone's going to take it that way. It's like, no, no, they're not going to, if you don't feel that way. Yeah. You know, I get that. Um, there's been a couple of times on our show where I've like said something and I'm like, Ooh, maybe I can't or shouldn't. I need to cut that. And you know, I haven't, I haven't censored any of it, but I also am not. I don't, I don't feel like I offend people. I, I try to be very conscientious of that. Um, the true question is when you say something, can people tell that you have hate in your heart? If you have hate in your heart, people will be able to sort that through, but yeah, it doesn't come off that way. So if anybody's taken from that, like the weirdest thing I've noticed about trying to get academics on my show is through all the academics. And I actually had someone who was an academic go, I'm probably your first academic on here. I'm like, why are you being so closed off? Like, we're just chatting. And she's like, well, I, I, I'm an academic. I have to watch what I say. I was like, I've talked to out of the 900 episodes, I've talked to fucking four, 500 of them that are academics. Like I talked to everyone. They just never looked that far back in my playlist to be able to see that. Everyone only looks yeah. at like the first, the last five. But um, I've you noticed- a variety. Of, you have such a variety of guests, you know? Uh, I try. It's whatever I'm interested in. Yeah, so I like randomly like kind of just go through them and I'll like pick one. I remember like you interviewed someone from England. That was what the dialect when you talk to another uh, country. Sometimes, how do you deal with that with accents? I couldn't understand. I tend to like it, but if I get someone from Australia, I'm more than likely just going to want to make them say outrageous shit. Because what we see as (laughs) offensive, they see as like normal speak. Like they'll toss the C word out like it's nothing. And I'm like, oh, you just said that. They're like, yeah. Well, yeah, because it's an explicit podcast. Also ours too. You know, like I like to be able to say what I want. We swear a little. We drink a little on the air or smoke a little pot. But I, you know, we're also courteous, you know, all people. We're not, you know saying anything i feel it's not a political show you know like that's what i like to remind people it's just like it's kind of like similar to yours i mean you inspired me to do this honestly because like i had such a good experience on your podcast and it was so easy going because you're just like we're having a conversation i'm like it's fun dude it's fun it doesn't have to be this big thing every time we have like you know like i said we write the script right before we have some cliff notes some you know we did a little research but more or less we're just ad-libbing the whole thing and having conversation between us for you that's what i try and tell people like uh, your personality is a lot like mine like it's just about having a good time and having fun and also like learning a little bit like getting engaged and just like so, yeah but there are so many people that like want to do like i give history podcast people and crime podcast people a big amount of respect because you have to do a lot of fucking research like i have a buddy that's like it takes me a, like dan carlin for instance it takes like eight months for him to produce one episode because he has to do so much research and back history and all this type of stuff into it where i'm like man, where's the fun in it? Well, it's fucking exhausting. And I'm like, oh my God, like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to be exhausted when I do these things. Wow. No, and like, yeah, sometimes I have to do like, a, you know, some research on the coffee stuff, um, market research, you know, we buy products to test and review, like things like that. But like, yeah, I'm, you know, like I did the history of coffee. That's one of my favorite episodes I did. And it's basically a story. I basically, mem- not memorized, but you know, I kind of really thoroughly read the story of the beginnings of coffee. And then I like put my own spin on it and made it a fun, entertaining journey for y'all. And, you know, with lively banter with Jordan and the art of taking 
you know, I'm, I'm looking right here at this bookcase, the history of art, you know, the history of coffee, the history of podcasting, the history, you get drunk history, you know, like, I'm, I'm, it's like, yeah, history is facts. Books are awesome, but they're also boring. Um, people want consumable content in the palm of their hand right now, or on, you know, or to watch it on their TV or on their laptop. But it doesn't have to be just regurgitation of what we already all know. We want to put some flair on it, some personality, your own spin. You know, I want, I want to, everything's been done, you know, like everything's our, that's what, I hate saying that, but like art wise, like a lot of the stuff we're seeing in culture, like how many movies are new? They're almost all remakes now. Yeah. You know, it's just. It also depends on what the hell's going on in the area. Like right now, any type of movie because of the stuff that's going on with China, there's no like bad Asian people as a villain. Oh, yeah, no, it's like we got to take into account certain things like the stereotypical villains need to change, you know, or, you know, oh, one one that's a big issue was, uh, you know, sci-fi and not having uh, any people of color in the future. You know, and there was a billboard here in town about that. Um, and I was like, I never even thought about that. But growing up, yeah, you're right. Like Star Trek, you know, like there was like one black character or he was, you know, it was like the Klingon character, I think. It was like, or then the guy with the um, data, you know, and it's like in the future, in actuality, I think we'll all be one big race probably, and, you know, and everybody of every color. I'm looking no at the fact of like, we say in the future and i think the future like this i'm so obsessed with like old school like victorian era era and renaissance style stuff but when we look at like this is probably the greatest age that we've that has ever been out of anything just because we've advanced so much and it's so strange i just came across the documentary of a guy that got his arms and legs blown off in the war and he got another person's arms on his arms like he's he's lost everything from the elbow, but he got another person's arms, like hands, wrist, everything yeah. onto his. And slowly they attached every nerve single by single. Yeah. And they're like, you might not ever get to move your hands, but they're they're attached to you now. He he started to get movement in his fingertips. And he's able to move his arms a little bit more now. I feel like after a year, but his body's rejecting the new arms. So like right where the new arms are, they're getting like like lesions and tears and all these stuff he goes eventually we might have to take your arms back off because those don't they don't they don't work and it's like because your body tries to spend its whole life rejecting it. he has to take a pill every day that takes down his immune system so his body doesn't get built up to the point where it could fight those arms the new body part he has to take that for the rest of his life you know and that that's crazy they're um you know and, and right that's a transplant right but like there's mm -hmm. you know they're gonna be able to grow you know, body I want parts. a new dick. I want a new dick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. People are just like, oh, we need a little sample of your DNA. We're going to grow you a, a new dick. Boom. But doesn't that just give you incentive are, if they can grow, me. if they can grow you new body parts, does that give incentive for people to just go and be as risky as, oh, I chopped my finger off cutting vegetables. Oh, I can just get a new one. I mean, it's okay. So also, I don't know much about this, but I'll bring it up because you just brought it up. So the whole <laughs> thing. I saw something and I didn't read the whole article, but it said that there's a scientist who believes someone Google this. I, they believe that there is a something in the human DNA that we can unlock that will allow us to grow back body parts when they get severed. So I didn't get into it, but I blew my, I was like, wait, what? 
wait, what, wait, wait. You're saying that we may have the potential to grow back these body parts and we, our brains are for some reason not allowing us to. So there's this crazy scientist out there trying to figure that out. Okay. So it was on the New Yorker in May 10th, 2021. That's yep. The biologist Michael Levin thinks cells use bioelectricity to decide what to become. So there's finding a way to be able each year researchers from around the world gather at neural information processing systems and artificial intelligence conference to discuss automated translation software, self-driving cars and abstract mathematical questions. It was odd that Michael Levin, a developmental biologist at Tufts University, gave a presentation at the 2018 conference about growing back limbs, being able to heal and regenerate to even regrowing new tissue. It makes sense. I mean, if you, if you cut your hand and your skin cells can grow back in your hand, why can't we just make that at a larger scale? But that just gets very weird. Like I thought the easiest way for us to be able to get that was if we learned how to splice our DNA with, um, animals. I don't know exactly where he's coming from with that theory or science, but if, that was unlocked that would be a game changer for medicine and for human evolution well we learned to grow human organs inside of a monkey so i mean we're not too far off yeah i think my dad takes a arthritis medicine that they harvest from the ovaries of chinese hamsters that's not as bad as sandra bullock (laughs) what's she do she uh three years ago which is so weird shows the shift of our age three years ago on ellen she was talking about how she rubs uh korean baby foreskin on her face to make herself younger it's a live ellen thing you can look it up i actually played it in an episode i'll have to send you i played the actual recording but i was like that was three fucking years ago and everyone's laughing like it's normal it just shows how we how we've changed yeah no people wow sandra bullock baby dick cream that's what Mike said to me. Mike was like, it's called baby dick cream. I'm like, oh my God. Sandra Bullock cream. Damn, dude. She had a, quite an interesting career. I watched one of them. I watched like, what was that? Miss Congeniality, like not that long ago. <laughs> you know how so, she made up for that Ellen interview was by doing the blind side. You thought she was just taking care of the kids out of the kindness of her heart. She wanted something out of it. She had to take care. The eye cream, the face cream. <laughs> But oh my god. I just saw a picture of Brendan Fraser and JLo together. And there was a picture of them like like 20 years ago. And they were both sitting on a boat, you know, Brendan Fraser's like holding on to her ass as she's laying down sun tanning on like a yacht. Then it's like 20 years, uh, 20 years later, which is like I think it was like last month or something. They're sitting on a yacht in the same exact position and they're older, like how they are now. JLo got hotter. Like JLo got younger and got more thin and got like really like a bigger ass. And then Brendan Fraser just yeah. looks old as fuck. Yeah, that was, that was, that was, uh, those JLo jeans, you know, she's, she's got that good genetic makeup. I mean, some, I'll regrow back some of those. Body well, parts. some people just get hotter and hotter, you know, I'll regrow back some of those body parts. <laughs> you regrow that booty. she is uh yeah she's one of those like you know but um like Halle Berry she's like 60 she looks like she's 25 she just got a six-pack too that's the weird part you know you know you know it's yoga collagen and genetics well bodybuilders for instance back in the day used to have a do like they had the food pyramid they used to have the guy who played in Malcolm in the middle they used to have him on the front of a milk poster, drink more milk. And they had like the old bodybuilder type. And I'm like, you guys, like, 
I, I've, I work at a gym, so I talk to plenty of bodybuilders and they're like, you guys have it so much easier today to get muscles back in my day. We had to do a whole bunch of shit and hope to God that our genetics went with it that now you just take a pill and you can like help get to that point. I'm like, yeah, eventually in the future, it'll just be an option. Like, do you want to gain weight? No. Do you want to be ripped? Okay. Just click this button and have it set on you permanently and you'll always be ripped. So what do you, do you take any supplements for working out? Besides protein powder, that's it. Okay. Yeah. So I got my vitamins, you know, um, and then I got a pre-workout and I have an endless amount of coffee. So I have a huge caffeine addiction at this point. It's just I, out of I can't do pre-workouts. They don't work on me. Okay. Well, they work pretty good on me. Um, but I also, on top of those, um, so, you know, you find your favorite pre-workout, whatever. Um, but I got this stuff. This is the goalie ashwagandha. This is a great, uh, it helps me with stress and focus. And then every morning, every day I take collagen for joint health, for uh, healthy connective tissue, very important. Um, and then you got your pre-workout, but I also added in um, some nootropic and some uh, creatine HCL, which people should switch to because it's way easier on your stomach. Uh, the old school creatine, uh, monohydrate, like really upsets your stomach. Like one time I took a pre-workout with the regular creatine and just yapped it all up. Went back to my, it just one. depends on how your sensitivity is. Like when I do, people yeah. ask for a scoop of pre-workout at my work and I'll have to give them a scoop and I'm like, okay, here's one scoop. They're like, make sure it's no more than one scoop or I'll be shaking all day. And I'm like, I could drink a whole thing of this by just putting water in it. It's not going to do a damn thing to me. I mean, other than, you know, it, it, some of them I use, uh, I've been using the total war or whatever, and it's yeah. pretty strong. I've tried a bunch of them now. Um, and like, sometimes I don't want a whole scoop. Sometimes I only want a half a scoop. Like it's just like anything like with like weed or whatever, like you smoke the whole doobie every time, like you're going to need a health fat one. But if you just take a few puffs, you know, your tolerance is low, you know? So it's like, same thing with pre-workout. Like I'd say half scoop it for a few and then start full scooping. But don't too scoop it. And if you do too scoop it, just know you're going to be fucking wrecked. Later. Man, the fuck up and dry scoop the shit. Why do people? That's what I, it's so nuts. Cause like when I do four hours of cardio on the elliptical, I drink four bangs. Oh, wow. So I do yeah, one hour no, bang. I, I fuck with bang energy. And on the go when I'm skating, those are great. <laughs> Lemon drop, bro. Yeah. What did I, I think I had like cotton candy or something. Yeah, cotton bang. candy's all right. Fire. There are some of them like, uh, what is it? Cake bash. That's pretty good. See, see yeah. working around this stuff, it's like you end up like there's one dude at my work always charges stuff to his account. So while he's working, he'll drink like a couple drinks while he's working. Dude, at the end of the week, he's got like a bill of like one hundred and sixty dollars. And he's just like, up, oh, they'll take it out of my check. I'm like, that's fucking horrible. Like, I don't want to put anything like racking up a bill is the yeah. worst thing you do. Getting he's just dead. addicted to convenience. It's like, oh, well, you know, like I just, you know, I used to be like that, like, well, smoke cigarettes more you know i'd walk into the gas station well i don't smoke cigarettes at all i haven't as long as we've known each other um but about two and a half years i think i've quit but yeah so like you know you walk in the gas station oh i'll get this i'll get that i'm here it's a convenience store the gas station so i don't know i think that now that i don't smoke cigarettes i'm not walking into the convenience store i'm not buying a bunch of convenient items you know uh like if things are can be Americans are lazy, right? People are lazy, not just Americans. Um, so if it's convenient, we usually spend a little bit of money on it. Like look at DoorDash. Like we could call the restaurant 
<laughs> I'm so out of that realm, dude. Why would we do that? <laughs> if I see someone going to a fucking 7-Eleven and they're like, oh, a Slim Jim, that's convenient. And they grab it and throw it on the counter. I'm like, what the hell? You don't even need, you're not even hungry. What are you getting a Slim Jim no, for? No, you just saw it. It's the right package there. Yeah, it's got, a, it's got a cowboy on it. Oh, good. Yeah. For you. All the things in the store are placed in convenient places to psychologically get you to buy. No, it's like having a Taco Bell across the street from a bar. That's a fucking perfect scam. That really is. And, you know, back to where fast or to, on the subject of where fast food places are located. I was told um, my father out of college when a little company called Wendy's was just starting, offered him a job and he didn't take it. He was a lawyer and he was like, I can do better than this. Also, he said, how do y'all think you'll ever be bigger than McDonald's or as big as McDonald's? <laughs> no one, it's no one's as good as McDonald's. Fucking sunroom. They got it there at their uh, restaurant. They got that outdoor, like, or that indoor seating. That's like all glass. That's like, fucking oh, weird as shit. those old school ones. Yeah. Um, but anyway, they go, he goes, well, can I ask you something? And, and, the, and the Wendy's guy's like, sure. And he's like, well, you know, he could tell he wasn't going to take the job, but he was like, where do you, how do you know where to put your, you know, Wendy's? Oh, put them across the street from McDonald's. That's how Wendy's gained market traction. They didn't do the planning. Like McDonald's would be like, we're going to put this place on this corner because it's going to generate this much revenue with the traffic sales and the demographic of the, you know, the area and the amount of population. We're going to put a McDonald's here. They got a whole department of people figuring out where to put McDonald's. But Wendy's came in and they're just like, hey, we're just going to back off of uh, McDonald's and put them. It's like Lowe's and Home Depot. Which one decided to go first, but the other one just followed them. They're always across from each other. Well, it's like when T-Mobile first started, they thought they would get the most, uh, I guess, revenue out of just being placed in malls. Now that they're above mall places and they have more like stable places like a Verizon has like a building for it. T-Mobile has a building for it, but everyone only associates them with malls because that's everywhere that they first saw them was in malls. Yeah. And that's crazy. I never thought about that because I have (laughs) T-Mobile and I've had them for a while and watched them grow and change and stuff. But yeah. I all I never fret about where I'm gonna find the T-Mobile store because I can always just go to the mall. Boom, done. I like the way they think. I didn't. Their CEO is apparently pretty cool. He's like, like some crazy stuff. I also heard we also use FedEx, and I heard their CEO one time. FedEx. Okay, two cool things about FedEx. Even though they do beat up my packages a little bit, so FedEx drivers go easy on my packages, please, please, please. And other than that, you're awesome because uh, so. He was in Harvard, I think, and he wrote it as his uh, thesis or whatever. And his his business professor said, it'll never work. We already have the post office. Now, (laughs) the post office gives FedEx mail to deliver because they can't handle their own volume. Um, Yeah. So don't always believe your teacher if they say that your your idea is crazy. It might just be crazy enough to work. Um, Two. The world strives off of is being crazy. FedEx was going to go under at one point early on because shit's rough out here for a young business owner new idea disrupting a very dominated market by ups and usps right so they were not able to make payroll and the owner took the last five thousand dollars to vegas and just put it all on black rolled it made payroll fedex is still here today fedex it has a link to one of the saddest episodes i think i've ever done oh no i don't know you don't have to go sad on us well, it was um seven seven one. My buddy was at uh, he worked at that FedEx place that got shot up. 
Oh. So he, he, he missed it by 30 minutes. He was picking up his son that was working that night. Yeah. So he, he talked about the whole layout of everything. He knew the people that got that lost their lives and everything. It was a whole entire, like we spent that whole episode talking about it. It was just, it was crazy. Cause that was was like not that long ago. You know, when I, when I heard about it, I was like, Oh my God. And I, I just knew I linked FedEx to him. I didn't know that's where he lived at or where he went to work at. And I texted him and he was like, yeah. And he's like, let's do a podcast. I'll tell you about some stuff and start going into it. I don't, I have a look, my episodes, like throughout everything out of where I'm at now, I've had the weirdest fucking like crazy ultimate, like just, different experiences of shit which i really fucking enjoy like i've had three generations on my podcast before a grandfather a dad and then the son and then i've had like a person's got um i say my podcast saved their life they found out they had diabetes from it um i had a podcast where i got I, a couple of them where i had my tarot cards read you know you like, saved all, someone's life with the show yeah dude had diabetes um his wife saw his first episode yeah. and he's on a good track now he's lost a lot of weight and everything too it's pretty cool no, for real. You you know, sometimes people don't know where they get inspiration. Inspiration comes from so many different places and things and randomly could affect your life in a very drastic way. And you could have got inspired from a freaking billboard, a podcast, an ad on TV. You don't know. You don't know. But that person that created that, you know, if you can actually find them like this guy found you and say thank you. Wow, that makes me happy. <laughs> well, he was a guest. And then his wife saw his first episode and was like, this is not normal. Oh. Let's take you to the hospital because you look like you're about. I've never met him before. So he just looked like he was passing out. It was around the time you were on. And then she took him to the hospital, found out he had diabetes. And then he lost his vision for a month and it came back. And then, yeah. But it's crazy because I think the main know. thing to take out of that is no matter what you think success is. The biggest success is just having an impact on one person that could be taking something from something that you're doing because everything you do in this world has an effect to it. You know what? This actually leads me in. That makes that beautiful because in between the last time I was on your show, um, I had something happen that I don't talk about a lot, but I guess I'll open up about it. I I almost died. Um, I, I, I did. A Why the fuck thing. did this take an hour to come out, Josh? Jesus. I lit a lighter near alcohol fumes and blew myself up and i burned off all this entire side of my face i was on fire my face was on fire and i have pieces of charcoal from this explosion that was a whiskey barrel in my face here forever like pieces of char inside my face and it was the most excruciating pain you know i had to go to the hospital and get morphined up and took a month i didn't leave my apartment so during the pandemic i was on extra quarantine like i didn't go outside for a month because i couldn't literally have uv on my scars and i burned off i had to get a buzz cut i regrew back all this hair and beard um and that really made me realize i'm like what am i doing with my life dude <laughs> i you know i saw the white light came back into my body my friend drove me to the er um it was on my daughter's birthday mr birthday um but i changed something in me changed like i don't know actually how to put it but i get what you're saying like if that barrel hadn't blown up, like I realized that my impact was, or what I needed to like kind of focus again, like help me focus on the things that are important. Um, and, and, and really like, kind of like go for the things I want and not stress so much about, you know, what people think about you or money or notoriety or reputation as much, but just do you. 
and hope that you being your most authentic self rubs off on the people around you and you can maybe help like you did here like help people find their meaning or improve their life a little bit by the information you're sharing or stories you're telling or memories you're creating i don't know my business you know with the coffee and the rainwater harvesting from pop coffee and my rain barrel both of them have a feel-good component where we're, we're providing an organic coffee or we're providing for you to lower your carbon footprint or live a healthier lifestyle so at a bare minimum it's helping people but i want to do more than that i don't want to just be like oh i made the sale i'm done you know so Next weekend, I'll be out in the North End in Detroit doing a block club, you know, vending, doing, getting on the ground, working with nonprofits all over the Great Lakes here, um, you know, on the podcast like you're doing. I think that part of the coffee company is the podcast at this point because it opened. We're, we're trying to take the stigma of third wave coffee and then like the coffee that you like see at Marshall's for in like kind of like bridge the gap for the everyday man and the fancy aficionado. So, so like we can all coexist in a way where I, you know, I just don't like how coffee is so much about the prestige when really it's a drink that we all drink, you know, and then we're just trying to fancy it up now. Yes. Like the temperature of the water matters, the integrity of the farmers and the beans matters and the grind and the gear that you use, but you can make a damn good cup of coffee with a $10 Mr. Coffee from Walmart, we did on the show. Or actually we didn't on the show, but we bought a $10 coffee maker just to prove that to ourselves that it's not, you know, you don't need the, you, know, you could spend a thousand dollars on your coffee setup, easy kitchen, or you can spend a hundred. We have an episode that talks about how to spend a hundred bucks to get a professional pour over setup. Boom, done. Um, you don't even need a grinder. You could go to your, you could borrow the one from the grocery store when you buy your beans like you can you could buy whole beans if you bought them at the grocery store or food co-op or and they have the grinder right there in the aisle for you to grind your beans to your favorite preference so i just think people sometimes don't try because they think something's out of reach or they're like oh i'm not into that and it's like well you don't know until you try you know i've been trying to limit my coffee consumption a little bit too because i've been well, i don't know it's just with with digestive issues it, it gets to a point where it's like okay it's going to be a little bit hard on your stomach some days where you have like a hot coffee all the time you start becoming super addicted to it too yeah we need to get you so i need to get you a grinder i need you to drink some of our coffee um one of the main reasons that i started a coffee company was that i was sick of having an upset stomach from drinking coffee even when it was fancy and i paid five bucks a cup the acidity was off and i'm like what's wrong with this so Jordan, who's the roaster for Pop Coffee, he, I just, he nails it. He just nailed the, the, the roast every time when he was roasting for this other shop. And so I got to talking to him and getting to know him and he started to like agree on this coffee should not upset your stomach. It should have lower, no acidity and it should have a good mouth feel and still be robust and anything else we don't want. And so that's why we created the coffee company is to create every cup of coffee to be have that integrity. And so nothing we do has a dark roast uh, or a light roast. They're all medium. They're shades. I say shades of medium, you know, medium light, medium and medium plus, but they're all medium. And that way someone like you or I might be sensitive. You know, I have a sensitive stomach. Um, I believe yours is probably a little more than mine within our, your stories, but you also drink more coffee than I do. I think 
I drink a lot. You drink um, a whole pot, right? Yeah, yeah, but that's just before bed. I try. I can kill two in a day if I'm okay. really feeling. I'm like it, one pot a day now. I won't do it though if I'm doing a podcast all day. Like if I'm doing podcasts all day, I won't. And if I have work, I won't do it until I get home because the state it puts me in after I drink a cup is I need to be sitting down and lying down. Like I can't drink the coffee and go out and do things. I need to relax. You do coffee naps. Have you ever just like drink coffee and fallen asleep? Yeah. We talked about it on your first episode is you get more energy when you wake up. Still a big fan of them. Still do them all the time. I think I did one yesterday. Woke up so rejuvenated from it. Ready for the day. Did a, a good coffee nap will just get you supercharged. What's even better is a whiskey nap. A whiskey nap when you wake up, you're like, I don't give a fuck about anything. Oh, yeah. No, I'm, I love my whiskey. We're, uh, you know, oh, on that note, I cannot find a good whiskey. Or no, There's this new thing where like everything whiskey barrel, whiskey barrel wine, red wine, whiskey barrel, you know, infused uh, coffee you know, or whatever, you know, flavor wise, people are doing it a lot. Bourbon barrel coffee is disgusting. I have tried it from multiple places. They take the beans and then they, they age them in the barrel with the residue of the whiskey. And it's like the beans are a little sticky and you, I don't know. I like pouring a shot of whiskey in my coffee. Do you want to know but, my recipe? What's that? My recipe is you take, you can take peanut butter whiskey and mix it in a put it in a blender like half of it in a blender and then take a little bit of um a and w root beer pour half of that in there and then put ice in it and make a slurpee out of it like i do and drink it all day like a man oh my god wow um i took it i i look i tweeted screwball that screwball liked it retweeted it and then on their website put the recipe up there it did not give me credit and i said okay fuck you oh wow those motherfuckers um why did they not give you credit? Because you told me to make a peanut butter uh, whiskey screwball um, root beer float, and we did it, but we did it a traditional root beer float, not a slushy, not a blender. I always do a slushy, man. I like it because you don't drink it too fast. I mean, the next you know, thing you know, you're halfway down, and you're like, oh, God, I'm actually hammered. I'm going to send you. I made a pretty good little TikTok for I think you balls. did send me it. Yeah, it's kind of fun. Um, I also got pretty drunk on them, and uh, – my buddy, you know, it's funny because my buddy walks out the liquor store. He's visiting from L.A. and he's, uh, you know, he'd probably be a good guy to be on your show. He's a steady cam operator in L.A. We um, tried to get your one uh, roasting buddy on, but that never happened. So if you want to shoot him my details, you know where to find me. Yeah, he still wants to come on the show. And actually, he's a pretty uh, we're, we're a lot of different types of guys for being business partners. Um, he's. Well, I like you, so I might not like him. You know what I mean? I know he's a much more. Well, he's from Northern Michigan. He's like got that like laid back woodsman. (laughs) He's he's a normal. He's a lot like me. Where he's a younger cat too. What? How old are you? You're like twenty four. I'm twenty three. Yeah, he's yeah, he's twenty four. So y'all probably have a great competition. I got about a decade on you. (laughs) Uh, Not close my whole age. Actually, I have. Yep. You're thirty. You're thirty three. You're thirty three. Yep. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> there we where, go. where can people find uh, you find your podcast when it does come back and anywhere they can find um, some of your coffee I was going to say amazing coffee but I have not tried it since I don't have a yeah. blender to blend up the beans we're going to get you a grinder um, but you can find us all over so yeah uh, let's start pop coffee pop uh, coffee roasters pop coffee roasters on YouTube Spotify Google and everything else anchor 
whatever podcast um you want to listen to um i'm gonna try to do that amazon one you're talking about too but um yeah watch it on youtube please because we put a lot of work into the videos for the last the second half of the season we, we went video and season two will be all video so subscribe on the youtube and listen on spotify also my rain barrel is the other brand we talk about that i do um but if you have a garden or you know anyone who likes to do gardening organic gardening if you have mom dad anyone you want to give someone a rainwater harvesting barrel find us it's mi for michigan mi but pronounce my plan words my little coin thing both my brands have funny little names like that my rain barrel because once you buy it it's your rain barrel and you go to your neighbor and you're like hey look at my rain barrel and then you're like that guy got me and you said fucking name um and pop coffee is pour over perfection so both of them have a cute little name they're great brands i love what i do i hope you guys can uh, check us out and uh support one of the brands and there's more to come i got a few in the incubator we got some new stuff on the way well i make sure i link it all in the description and thanks for listening to this episode of out of the blank podcast